Welcome to the podcast where you get your news and views of the sports world that we live in. And now here's your podcaster, Lige Weichers. Welcome to the Lige Weichers Show. Well, it seems like every week I'm saying that this is the most important podcast. Look at what big happened. And man, we got another week of this being the most important podcast. Last week, I made some proclamations. I said that the Detroit Lions were the best team in football. Why? Because they were playing like the best team in football. I thought we'd maybe get through one or two weeks before the other shoe fell. And what do you know? Just when I proclaimed the Lions to be the best team, tragedy hits. That's right. The Lions got blown out by the Baltimore Ravens. I'm talking smacked, looking like they're on a different level than the Lions. The Ravens absolutely obliterated them 38-6. to You can imagine my dismay as I was watching this game. I didn't know what I was looking at. The defense... Well, it was a bad defensive line performance. What were the linebackers doing? And the secondary? Why weren't we covering anybody? Leaving everyone wide open seemed like a bold strategy, but this happens before, and I know how it works. The offense just carries the day. But then I start watching the offense, and man, it was three and out after three and out after three and out. Jared Goff, it was a little windy. I'll say that it was a little 15-mile-an-hour wind. What do you know? Jared Goff can't even throw a spiral anymore. They can't pass the ball. They continue to run the ball on first down, and the offensive line's getting blown up on runs. There's not a lot of separation, and if there is, Jared Goff can't hit the wide receiver. Before I know it, it's 28 to nothing Ravens. I'm distraught. I don't know what to do. It feels a little bit different than the normal get blown out and say my team sucks. This this was different. I thought the energy was there, and Dan Campbell after the game kind of said the same. I don't think this was an an energy thing. I think this was an execution issue. Campbell, of course, like the good coach he is, took a lot of the blame. They changed up the practice schedule a little bit to remove a practice and add a walkthrough, and he said that was to blame for them coming out. I don't know if flat is the right word because I thought there was a lot of energy. It was just a total and utter lack of execution, of game planning, of ability to actually do anything properly. They didn't rush the passer well, and that's where it all started to me. I would have rather sent more pressure at Lamar. I know he can beat you with his legs, but letting him sit back there in the pocket all the time in the world, looking at wide-open receivers, that seems like the worst option. I understand that getting pressure with four is the best cheat code in the league, but that wasn't happening. Hutchinson needs help. I hear a lot of talks for a trade before the trade deadline. Go get a corner. Go get another edge. And... While that's great in theory, I don't see anything big actually happening. Maybe a smaller, you know, trade a fourth or a fifth rounder for some mid-level guy who can contribute. And if they are going after someone, I hope they go after a defensive lineman. To me, it starts up front to get pressure on these quarterbacks. The secondary, it's thin, but I think there's some young guys who could step up. Hopefully, Jerry Jacobs can come back across from Cam Sutton, who had a rough game, but who didn't against the Ravens. So maybe some defensive line help. But honestly, to me... The bigger issue is the offense. The Lions have these type of games where they just go in and they give up a massive amount of points. Think about last year, the Seahawks game. They don't get a stop all game. They get blown out against Carolina last year. Then earlier this year, the Seahawks win, scoring a bunch of points. What happens in these games? And most of the time, what happens is the offense keeps up to at least keep it close and they don't just turn around and disappear. This wouldn't have been such an issue if, you know, the offense had shown some life, maybe 28-14, 28-21, and you say, all right, well, the defense had a bad game, but that's why we have a good offense. And, man, I haven't seen a game like this in 
I don't know, a year and a half from the Lions when the defense and the offense collapse. I know Jared Goff is going to get this extension and they're going to pay him a lot of money and he's the future, but this is why I've always been ultimately against Goff. I think he can do well, but I want to be able to win because of a quarterback in outdoors. Now, the nice part is the rest of the way, the Lions will only have one cold out outdoor game and maybe they can get lucky in the playoffs and not have to go outdoors, but that seems like a gamer that I don't really want to play. So while I'm frustrated by the performance, I don't think we should throw out everything we've seen before. Is there a lot to work on for the Lions? Absolutely. But the good news is it's a get-right game next week. Before the bye, they got Monday night, Las Vegas Raiders at home. The Raiders lost to the Bears, which isn't a good look. Brian Hoyer was playing. Maybe Garoppolo comes back, but this Raiders team is bad. I fully expect this Lions team to be pissed off. I'm not giving up hope. Don't worry. Maybe they're not the best team in football. Maybe that was a bad take. I do still think they're a top three team in the NFC. And on a good day, I do think they can compete with any team in the league. It's just going to take a little bit more luck than I was hoping for initially. The official prediction for Monday night is it's a big Lions win. They're going home. They're going to be pissed. This is the perfect team to play pissed against. Sometimes you get those teams where you need to play very cool, calm, and collected. I think the defense is going to be getting after people. On the fast track, at home, I'm taking the Lions in a blowout win. A side note, Jamison Williams, man, another rough game. After getting a big catch two games ago, this game, he runs a decent amount of routes. He played almost 50% of snaps, gets six targets, no catches. Man, this is frustrating. Is he truly just a track star in pads? I hope that's not true. But to be one of the worst, greatest players on the field, according to PFF, not a good look. I'm a little bit concerned about Jamison, but Jameer Gibbs did look good. So there was some pros and cons coming out of the game. Unfortunately, they were mostly cons. Now let's talk about the Colts. I was hoping my day would be saved. After the Lions went and got their butts kicked, I was hoping that the Colts would show some fight, not get blown out by the Browns. And what do you know? I, I was keeping up with the game and they were doing well. They were playing a really weird game with a lot of big, long touchdowns, Blocked field goals, sack fumbles on both teams. I didn't really know what to expect, but the Colts were up. They were winning this game. They had a chance to win it all the way down to the end. And what do you know? The refs blow it. Now, the refs blew it, but the Colts blew it too. Make no mistake. The refs made a mistake, but the Colts made plenty of mistakes as well. I wouldn't want to blame this all on the refs to remove responsibility from the Colts. Of course, the owner, Jim Ursay, comes out and says, the league told us they blew it. And Jim knew what he was doing. Number one, he was firing up the team a little bit, even though it is absolutely against the NFL to talk about that refs blew it. They, he knows he can't say this, but Ursay, he's one to go against the grain. He's one to call for a team to be sold when he doesn't like what's going on. He's one to talk about contract situation in the media. Ursay is a little bit on edge, and for his pros and his cons, that's who he is. I don't think there'll be a real punishment, potentially losing a draft pick. No, no, no. Slow your roll. This will be a fine Jim Mercer will lose a little bit of cash. No harm, no foul. In the future, I would love for more transparency from the officials, but honestly, I don't think that's coming too soon. Now i got to address the elephant in the room. That's right, folks. Michigan football is in the news. That's right, undefeated team. I look at the sports book. Wow, Michigan favored to win the national title. I look at the awards section under Heisman. Wow, J.J. McCarthy favored to win the Heisman. What's going on in Michigan? Is there something in the air? Is there something in the water? All things are going right. Their schedule, it's been super easy. And they've dominated all the way. Georgia, 
looks a little shaky. Alabama, even worse. Ohio State has gotten through and they're undefeated, but man, they haven't looked good against Notre Dame or Penn State, but much tougher competition. I won't deny that. All things are going Michigan's way, then what do you know? Here comes the NCAA. Earlier in the year, they were coming after Harbaugh for supposed recruiting violations. I think he bought someone a cheeseburger. Hey, go down south. Check out some recruiting violations down there. It is interesting what happens when a team starts to get on a roll. Here comes the media. Harbaugh criticizes the NCAA. Here comes the media and the NCAA. It's interesting how little things can be nothing when you're bad, but when you're a top dog, those stories get blown up. And what do you know, the biggest story yet, supposed scouting and illegal sign stealing by Michigan. Wow, my first reaction, what a scam by the NCAA. But I wasn't just going to call it a witch hunt, I was going to dive in. I was going to try to find some sources to tell me what was going on. It looks like this analyst on Michigan, Connor Stallions, he's He's at the center of this that supposedly he went to games and filmed on his iPhone the signs of the other team and he stole the signals. Now he's on the field communicating this to the the team and the defense knows every play that they're running. Wow, a witch hunt, right? I dug a little bit deeper. How do we know where Connor Stallions was? How do we know what games he went to? I heard 30 Big Ten games. He's going to home and away games. This guy only makes 50k a year, the media says. How could he possibly afford to go to all these games? And plus, there's Venmo transfers. Wow, the big proof they have is Venmo transfers with emojis. Conclusive evidence if I've ever seen it. I'm dubious. That's all I'll say. I'm not saying it didn't happen. Stealing signs is not illegal. It's the matter in which they are obtained. Say Connor Stallions had his buddy go to the game for him. Is that illegal? He didn't actually do it. How much of a bigger plan was this? Did Harbaugh and the coaches, were they sending him out? Was the Michigan Athletics Department, was this a bigger operation? To me, there's a lot of questions. This seems like an odd way to run a big operation with Venmo transfers on public, Connor Stallions, Twitter and Facebook all being public, so blatantly holding signal sheets on the sideline. This seems off to me. I'm not sure what's going to come of it, but I'm dubious. And even if I'm proven wrong, and there does happen to be fault by Michigan for illegally stealing signs by filming with an iPhone. I saw this quote by Colin Cowherd, notorious for being wrong, but I think he got something right. He said, Ohio State and Michigan can go buy Purdue's best players. That's legal. But I'm supposed to be outraged because of an iPhone in the second deck? Absolutely, Colin. You finally got something right. The outrage over... Connor Stallions potentially, maybe, probably not, but we hope filming some signals at other teams' games and using it for the advantage. All I'll say is the other teams need to learn how to operate a little bit better, maybe get some better processes, and then you can get to Michigan's level. It seems like a lot of crying from Ohio State fans who don't like to see Michigan succeed, who have long been crushing Michigan, and all of a sudden they lose a couple years in a row and they can't handle it. That's all I'm going to say for now. We're going to keep an eye on this. I do not think anything comes out of this investigation. I don't think there's any concrete evidence unless they can somehow find the actual videos from Stallion's phone, which I don't think exists. But if they do, yes, they'll find people. I do think Michigan Athletic Department will go to bat for Jim Harbaugh and the team. This is probably a hefty fine. Maybe they get some sort of other action taken against them, but I can't see this being much. 
I'm not too worried about Michigan. They're going to continue to roll on. The schedule remains easy to the last three games of the year. This is a big year for Michigan, and I'm expecting great things. That's all I got for college football right now. We're going to keep an eye on Michigan as they progress to this title that I'm hoping they win. The national championship is the goal. There's a couple big hurdles in the way. They got the Penn State game, the Ohio State game, the Big Ten championship, and then the playoffs. We'll keep an eye on them, but that's all I got for right now. We got to talk about Elijah's locks. Man, it's a rough run. Two and four, I believe, right now. Last week, I took the Bucks minus two and a half. They were in this tie game, and they lose by the field goal to the Falcons. Oh, not a good look for me. I went digging. I had to find something better because last week I said, I like the Eagles to whoop the Dolphins, and what do you know? They did whoop the Dolphins, and San Francisco went down? What's going on in San Francisco? Sorry, I, I'm getting distracted. Elijah's lock. What do we like this week? I'm I'm going to the trap game of the week. That's right. The Vikings are a point favorite over the Packers. I'm keeping this simple. I'm taking the Vikings to beat the Packers minus the one point. So basically just to win, I'll take the Vikings. We're going to get back to three and four. And the NFC, are they looking shaky? I don't think so. Now Brock Purdy, concussion protocol. The Eagles looking, I would say, a little bit better. They're getting there. But honestly, if I had to power rank the teams, I'm taking the Chiefs number one. There's something just about having Patrick Mahomes to bail you out. I do think the Chiefs are the best team in the league. And honestly, the next three teams are probably the 49ers and the Eagles, maybe a small gap, and then you go Ravens-Lions. That's what I'm looking at right now. I'm not too high on the Dolphins and the Bills. Man, they're struggling. I'm not sure exactly how all this shakes out, but I do know the Vikings minus one is the play of the week, and the Lions are going to roll. Quickly, just for all you Colts fans out there, I'll take the Colts against the Saints. It'll be an ugly game because the Colts play weird, ugly, but really high-scoring games. It's an odd combo, but it's one that at least keeps the game interesting. That's all I got for now. I'm sorry for being a little bit scattered, but there was a lot we were trying to get through, trying to set people right, get people, all the haters, get them out of here. We're focused on one thing in Michigan. That's the Detroit Lions winning the Super Bowl and the Michigan Wolverines winning the national title. And we're onwards and upwards. I appreciate you listening. Follow us on Instagram at the Lodge Watcher Show. Five stars on Apple Podcasts would mean a lot. We're trying to get to 10 listeners. I'm not sure we're ever going to get there, but that's the goal. I appreciate you listening, and we'll talk next week.